Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we are back with another week of Ducks action to cover. Uh, the Ducks were on a losing streak. They kept losing to uh, Minnesota and Chicago, but then pulled off a comeback kids variety win against the Detroit Dead Wings and uh, pulled that off. And Eddie and I were at a couple of these games as well. So plenty of stuff to get to. we got more trade rumor news, injury updates. We have a poll question talking about who we think uh, should be the captain or whatnot. You guys had a lot of great uh, responses. So, you know, buckle up. There's a lot of stuff to cover on this show. But uh, uh, before we get started, uh, Eddie, is uh, anything you want to talk about? What's been going on lately? You know, even, you know, tripping lately or anything? <laughs> yeah, like I posted on Twitter. So I was giving Mike crap last week because he fell at Honda Center. Well, my uh, smart person idea decided to fall down my stairs uh two weeks ago uh i had too much fun i had my uh, my cousin come over a few friends on friday night we had a good time drinking uh with family friends i uh, woke up like a lot of you probably have before woke up a little intoxicated still on saturday morning at eight o'clock and wanted to keep the party rolling so started drinking with my, my cousin and my friends um i took some uh, bucked up pre-workout just to keep me going Toward the end of the night, my body was just done, drank way too much, and I just had to go downstairs to go, I don't know what I was going to grab downstairs, and I fall down my stairs, and now there's a big hole in my wall right now that I got to get fixed, so luckily it's only going to cost about 300 bucks to fix. Uh, my back is still hurting, but you know what, Mike? What's cool about it, I, I kind of got, well, not really cool, but I kind of got a mini concussion because I don't remember like three days uh, of what happened before that, so I affected my short-term memory but it kind of snapped the a fire in me i got a little fired up uh, with career-wise with writing and stuff like that so that's i guess i guess that contributed to the part of snap my brain back to get this like creative side going on i wrote a pretty good article which we'll talk about later um i have a really important job interview coming up tomorrow and friday so i'm looking forward to that so uh just keep your fingers crossed and wish me luck hopefully i can deliver the good news um mike you uh, you're the reason why i went to two uh, actually, the last three games, so I want to thank you for that. We had a blast, and we're excited to talk about it. So uh, what's been going on with you, Mike? Well, all I know, <laughs> all, all, all I know is that... Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to like deflect me falling. <laughs> the, all I know is, this is my friend Eddie. He, he lives in a, a hole-in-the-wall <laughs> place now, and maybe he has a hole in his brain. I don't know. But Oh, you know <laughs> what? That one fan that was making fun of us for drinking seltzers, I got this lit and this drunk off uh, Pink Whitney vodka and White Claw. So if people say seltzers aren't real beer, well, it made me really fall. So, well, and, and that's the thing. If you mix it with vodka, which I have a truly right now with a little bit of vodka, is what I'm drinking, and that's kind of been my go-to. Um, you know, it, it makes things happen. You just, you know, you, you know, sometimes not always the best things happen, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> and I, I am finally okay too as well. My, my, my back uh, or my side kind of hurt for a while. I think I, maybe I bruised a rib or something. I don't know, but, uh, I've been fine. I got back to working out and I've been good to go. But, um, 
Yeah, uh, just been it's been a busy sports week. Uh, went to these last three games against the Wild, uh, Blackhawks, and and Dead Wings, as I call them. And I also went to the Rams game against Arizona, which that that was a complete disaster. But uh, I was I was excited to go because I just wanted to go see SoFi and check it out. And that place is ridiculous. If you ever get a chance to go, uh, whether you're a Rams fan or not, that place is huge. Uh, I've been to the Coliseum in Italy, and I think SoFi is bigger than the Coliseum. I mean, that, that's how big this place is. It, it's just, it's massive. It, it's crazy. It's got to be, if it's not bigger, it's got to be pretty close. So uh, if you ever get a chance to go, um, check it out. Um, it, it's great. The only thing I, I would diss on the Rams on is their hot dogs. They're pretty sorry. The uh, Ducks hot dogs are actually better than the Rams hot dogs. So if you're looking for a good hot dog, don't buy that at SoFi. Um, I hate to say it, but they have teeny weenies for their hot dogs. It just is what it is. I, sh- I took a photo and showed some friends. And, and, and man, Eddie, uh, you know, stuff is overpriced everywhere you go. But the Ducks hot dogs are way better than the Rams hot dogs. You know what's funny? I've never been to a football game yet. And I want to go. I had a... And this is like what screwed me up. I had a box suite, free tickets to go to the Denver Broncos game, but I had a. I was in the I was in the army at that time, and I had to work. Uh, they call it fire guard, where you have to kind of stay at the barracks and kind of monitor the soldiers and supervise them for twenty four hours. Um, so I had to do that. So I, I didn't think I can get a, a I can go and get a pass from that because it's really hard and it's just, it sucks. But I was talking to one of the supervisors and the sergeant that was in charge. My E6, he was like, bro, he's like, you should have told me. He goes, I would have got someone else, and you could have just took their shift next. It's like, man, I missed out on the opportunity to watch my first football game at uh, Mile High. I'll, I'll keep calling it Mile High because everyone in Colorado still calls it Mile High. But my first football game would have been in a box suite. So it's like, man, I, I lost I lost out on that opportunity. But, yeah, I definitely uh, – it's my, my checkbox. I'm not a big football fan, but I really do want to – kind of go and watch a football game and experience that. I, I've never done that before. I've been to a basketball game. Thank you for my my buddy for taking me, the Lakers versus the Utah Jazz. That was kind of a fun experience and stuff. That was when beer was a little bit cheaper. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it and definitely won't buy the, the hot dogs if I go to uh, SoFi. And once again, fans, if you guys are at Honda Center, do not buy the brisket. That's disgusting. It's just terrible. The hot dogs are pretty cool, and they're good, but the, the beef brisket's terrible. <laughs> we're actually like giving food stuff on there it's like it's gonna be like ducks and pucks food critics you know uh, what we, well, we have to invite gordon ramsay at our next podcast he can talk about all the disgusting food <laughs> <laughs> he, he's man he probably won't even like buy peanuts at a, at a sports game he'll be like i'm afraid this. of him he like he might yell at us for something like really guys <laughs> Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So, yeah, if you if you manage to go to the Rams games, uh, the pizza there was pretty good. I had that. The hot dogs, no. It was, like, terrible. So, also, something I learned that was kind of cool, I'm a, a SoFi member. Uh, I have a lot of just financial stuff in it. And, uh, and this isn't, I'm not getting any credit for pumping this up or whatever. But if you go there and either you're a season ticket holder or you have like the SoFi app on your phone and you have some kind of financial account with them, they have a separate little bar that you can go to. And sometimes they have players there. Uh, They had a uh, retired player there talking about football and whatnot. So that's something to keep in mind. And you get get 25% cash back, which is insane, on a SoFi credit card on anything you buy at the stadium. So whether it's food, 
merchandise, whatever, you get 25% back. It, it, insane. And, and then I bought a few things and I saw my, my cash back and crazy. So, you know, there are some advantages um, going there. It sounds like Mike won that uh, that two billion dollars, and he has some stock in the in the Chargers. He's just pumping the tires and giving a free ad. <laughs> I know, and I and it's like I'm talking about this SoFi stuff, and I I don't get anything from this. I'm just letting you guys know because my my buddy, you guys will laugh. His name is Jack Walters, and we're, I don't know. We're not like officially related. Maybe like somewhere you know down the line or whatever. But I think I think he's gonna go get a SoFi credit card now because I was buying everything because he, he he treated me to the game, and I'm like, look at this. We got to go uh, go in this lounge, and we got to do this, this, and that. And so uh, it's just just something to keep in mind if you go to SoFi uh, Stadium for Rams or Chargers, and you have a uh, SoFi credit card, you get a, you get basically twenty five percent off i would say on everything it's another way of looking at it you know you you pay for stuff and you get 25 percent back so pretty good deal there um you know so that's what i was up to this last week i went to all three of the duck games and uh i went to the rams game just a big sports weekend it was just that's all i really did other than work so uh, i was disappointed uh, a lot and we'll talk about it right now is the uh the ducks lost to the wild and uh, eddie and i Saw them lose to Chicago, but then we saw the thrilling win against Detroit. So uh, the, at least that, you know, I was I was hoping I'm like, please beat Detroit or the podcast. We're going to be talking about all these losses, kind of deja vu from one of the shows before. But we'll kind of break these down now. The um, the Ducks played uh, the Wild. It was Veteran Night, which is very cool. The Ducks gave away uh, veteran uh, themed hats to everybody in attendance, which was super cool. Um, Henrique did not play. His wife was expecting and eventually had a baby. So congrats to him. And uh, well, a weird game. Um, it was very exciting in the beginning. You had Zegras scoring the quote-unquote uh, Michigan or the Zegras. Is, is, I, I think we were the ones that threw that out there. But if someone else did, then you know they, maybe they came up with it. But I think we called it the Zegras. And um, it gets challenged and <laughs> called back for being offside. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, you had Regenda. He got called up, got his first career goal, which is good to see. You had uh, Bolu getting another fight. Um, but ultimately, this game, the Ducks lost. They were in it for two periods. Fortunately, Shattenkirk and Bolu got um, hurt in the second period, didn't play. The Ducks only had four defensemen for about half this game. Um, got into a bunch of penalty trouble in the third period and just got behind and lost this one, uh, Eddie. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, people that have been listening, uh, new listeners, I hate the Wild more than any NHL team ever. I hate them more than the Kings, more than the Sharks. So I was watching this game, and I thought the Ducks had it. I think it really screwed up their chance was losing the two defensemen. Running four defensemen probably uh, kind of lost their chance, and the Wild just took advantage of that, capitalized it, and took the 4-1 win. Um, it sucks, but it is what it is. I did like the nastiness of this game. I don't know what went on with this, these two teams, but they were just seeming to scrum every other whistle and getting in each other's face. So there's some, I don't know what happened, the bad blood, but I'm looking forward to seeing the next game they play against the Wild. And hopefully uh, this is more nasty stuff and hopefully the Ducks get a win. But yeah, it was fun to see. We're going to have to wait till December 3rd to to watch the next game of the Ducks and Wild, but it should be a, a, a wild one. I think the Ducks would really want to win that game. Hopefully, they'll have a regulation win by then. But yeah, I want to congratulate, too, Henrique uh, on his new uh, baby girl, uh, Blake, I believe her name is. 
So congratulations to him and his wife. And also want to give a shout out to all the veterans, my brothers and sisters out there. I was a, I was Army. I'm a veteran too, but I understand a lot of people go through a lot when they get out of the service. So just want to say thank you for all your hard work and you're done uh, and everything you've done and everything you sacrificed. And I hope a lot of you guys are, are doing well. And any veteran listening to this podcast, or if you know a veteran, if you want to talk, just send me a DM and hit me up, and I'm willing to talk and just to shoot the shit. So thank you guys uh, for veterans night. You know, and, and another thing I wanted to bring up too about the veteran thing is you talked about uh, the people that know me, you know, not just in the hockey world, but but what I do in, in the real world. I mean, I would do this too, but <laughs> this the stuff that I, I deal with, I deal um, with a lot of mental health issues. And I've worked with the VA in Long Beach and also with different uh, other organizations in Orange County as well. So if you are a veteran and you have something going on and you need help, um, Eddie is there for you. I am there for you. I was not a veteran, but uh, my dad was and three out of my four uh, grandparents were. And I almost I almost actually did go in the service until I got uh, went a different route and got hired. But um, I, I have connections too. And if there's you know someone that you need to talk to, um, Eddie or myself can get you connected. So, um, and and it can be anonymous too. If there's something you have going on and, and you want to talk to either one of us, we're not you know we'll just, we'll keep it uh, between ourselves and and try to help you out. Um, it's something that I've been doing, trying to think going back to man, I want to say like 2011 or 12. It's something that, that you know it's passionate to me and I, I've done through my regular um, career. So. Um, yeah, if you have some kind of um, concern, or, or maybe maybe it's not even you, maybe it's a friend of yours that's a veteran, and you have something. Um, Eddie's lived it, uh, and I know he deals with stuff here and there, and I, and I've helped other people that have dealt with it. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Eddie. Uh, it, you know, it's it's just something that I think doesn't get discussed all the time. Yeah, and you know what? And not just veterans too. Like if you guys listen to you guys. Just, you know, it's life. I, I get it. I have some mental health issues. I'm not afraid to admit it. I, I, I've, you know, just, I, I get lost and I get down on myself a lot. But if you guys need someone to talk to, like, I'm always, I, I have a, a ear or eyes to listen to. I have a few uh, people I met off Twitter that uh, I'm lucky to call my friends and they have some issues going on. And they'll, they'll, they'll send me a text or they'll send me a DM and we'll just talk and shoot the shit. They don't have to talk about your problems. We can just talk about hockey or talk about anything but i just I, i'm here for you and i understand I, I know it's like to, to feel alone and feel that I, so i can kind of like empathize with that but like i said if any veterans or, or if anyone wants to talk uh, i'm i'm sure like mike is here for you too but I, i'm here for you as well yeah absolutely uh even with the mental health stuff too i deal with that as well so absolutely um uh, anything always here to try and help out um so uh now shifting gears, the the Ducks, you know, they they lost this game to Minnesota. They then played Chicago, another theme night, a law enforcement night. They gave away another hat, <laughs> uh, which is which is very cool. Uh, on this one, um, Eddie and I actually ended up going to the game, but not together. We, <laughs> I ended up getting some extra tickets, and and, and Eddie went with a friend, and then I actually uh, brought my dad, and we hung out, and I, I was I was kind of cracking up because. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I guess, to me. But, you know, I, I told the story about falling down on the way, leaving the other game. Well, this one, my dad came, and we got some of those hot dogs that I talked about early on, right? And uh, he, uh, I forgot what it was, but he he spilled his 
his drink or something. I forgot what it was. He dropped something on the ground. But long story short, his hot dog with mustard got on his Mighty Ducks practice jersey. And the Ducks bill got all yellow, Eddie. And it was like the very beginning of the game, dude. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I, I saw the, the aftermath of it. it. It was good to see your dad, though. I, I met him a few times. So it was, it was good to see him and good. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me those tickets, too. I took my uh, my my best friend's godson. And I say best friend because I grew up with this guy since fourth grade. Like I've been friends with him for over 20 years. He's like my brother. So uh, I, I ended up taking his, his 13-year-old – I'm sorry, 14-year-old son to his first hockey game, which he likes. So hopefully we can convert him into a, a Ducks fan. And he actually wants to uh, – try playing hockey so hopefully i got a new hockey fan and he had a good time uh, it, it was cool you know it was fun too because like at the third period i got to sit next to you mike and just hang out it, unfortunately the chicago blackhawks took the the, the the ducks out you know what too mike and i was talking to you about this at the game we got there late because i was trying to find a, a place to eat and when we got there the ducks were just kicking ass the best period i've seen the ducks play all season just dominating the Chicago Blackhawks. When we settle in, we get there, Chicago gets a freaking a, a nice little goal from a player that probably doesn't score, Tortini, whatever the hell his name is, Tortilla, I don't, I don't care about his name. He scores the goal, and it seems like the Ducks just lost all momentum, and then boom, they just all went to hell. Klingberg had a chance to tie it up, hits the freaking post, Kling, by Klingberg, and the Ducks lose this game 3-2 to on Law Enforcement Night. And yes, just like veterans, I, I want to thank all the women, uh, men and women in law enforcement. Um, I'm a supporter of, of police. Uh, I, I've, I've worked as a cadet when I was younger. Um, I've always had positive experience from the police and all the negative ones I've had. It was because my own doing. I'm speeding or, or not using a blinker or, or not stopping for a pedestrian. But every interaction with law enforcement I ever had was always positive. I just, I'm respectful and I understand they have a job to do. And so thank you if you're a, a law enforcement or you know someone, um, want to sh- give a shout out and thank you for what you do. It's a dangerous job. A, a, it's an important job and we need them. And just know that you were really valued and, and loved. And I really appreciate all the support that you guys give to all these communities day in and day out. Yeah, you couldn't have said it better, Eddie. And especially with, uh, I, I call it the lamestream media uh, attacking uh, law enforcement, it, it's completely unwarranted. Yes, th- there may be some bad apples here and there, but you know what? There's bad apples in every profession. So, you know, I, I can't stand that that nonsense and, and that narrative that they put out there on the mainstream media, especially in the last couple of years. It, it's completely unwarranted and, and not necessary. So, yeah, I mean, the Ducks uh, honored um, law enforcement that night. They had Anaheim PD did the uh, colors at the beginning of the game. They had the pipe band for the sheriff's department in between the first and second intermission, which was very, very cool uh, to see, uh, you know, that that was all good. And, and yeah, like you talked about the game, I, I called this the 19 and 19 game, I guess. You, you had Troy Terry scoring in 19 seconds, and you had the Ducks getting 19 shots on goal in the first period. I mean, they were just destroying Chicago in the beginning. Um, you had Henrique. He came back after having his baby girl. He played this game. He, he got a goal halfway through the period. Everything looked great in the beginning. Ducks up 2-0. Like you said, they, they give up that goal late in the first period. And, and then the momentum just went towards uh, Chicago. And uh, they they got a goal in the second period. And, and then that late one in the third. And they, they just couldn't, they, uh, you know, couldn't, you know, 
get back in it. It was unfortunate. Uh, I, I felt like the Ducks kind of let off the gas halfway through the game. Um, but I, I felt like they deserved a better fate, too, because that last goal is a deflection that went in. I, you know, I think the Ducks could have at least got a point out of this one. And yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. I, I hate that when the game winning goal is, is some freak, you know, deflection or weird play like that. And that's what happened um, to them with just, you know, a couple minutes left. And they couldn't recover in this one, Eddie. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was uh, stroking off Kulikov uh, and pumping his tires up last podcast. And of course, he it goes off his skate. Um, I think this is the first time in franchise history that number 19 scores at the 19 second mark. And the Ducks had 19 shots in the first period. That's really weird stats. Everyone likes weird stats. That's a weird stat right there. But yeah, I I, I don't know what happened to the Ducks and why they just let off. Uh, it, it, it was just crazy. The first period was dominant for like the first, what, 17 minutes of it. And they let off that last three. They didn't come back to form within the last, like, until the last, like, two minutes or a minute and a half of the third. Then they actually got, like, you know, the fire back and tried to come back into this game. Uh, it's just, it's one of those unfortunate things. Chicago is a team that's a bottom feeder and a rebuilding team, but for some reason, they've been catching some fire and they've been surprising teams. And I think that they definitely caught the Ducks uh, by surprise this night. Um, Soderblom had an amazing game. He made some good saves. I think he was a big factor in it. He made 39 saves out of the 41 shots that he faced. This is like one of the few times the Ducks actually outshot an opponent. Uh, I think it's the first time all season they actually doubled and outshot the opponent by a uh, you know by like double it was like forty one to twenty two I believe this total shot uh, was Henrique scored his one hundred goal as a duck and he's ten points away from two hundred points as a duck. Um, I listened to uh, the, the the Duck Stream podcast with Alexis and she was mentioning that how uh, Henrique was thinking about his new baby girl, his daughter, when he scored the goal. So that was good. And you know what? I think uh, him having that his daughter was something that fired him up because he was buzzing. And I mentioned that to you at the game too. Like, dude, what the hell is going on with Henrique? He was everywhere. He had so many opportunities, so many chances. He was just where the puck was. I really loved his game. It's probably the best game I've seen him play all season. He was just everywhere. Um, this was a game that Ducks should have won, and I was expecting a big win after seeing uh, how lopsided it was in the beginning. But nope, Chicago came up and they wanted it more and played a little bit better. And an unfortunate bounce led to the Ducks taking another loss. Yeah, the unfortunate bounce sucked. I thought they at least get a point out of this. And and as you talk about Henrique, he led the team with seven shots on goal in this game, and he was all over the place. Uh, so yeah, it was it was exciting. And you know, and this is kind of funny too. We were, we were, my my dad just texted me right now a photo of his jersey, and he got the mustard stain out. So <laughs> what timing, right when we're talking about this game? But he sent me a photo because he he had a center ice gray jersey with the Mighty Ducks logo and the silver triangles. Uh, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more Jersey talk too in the show. That's kind of become a regular thing, which we'll talk about in the next game. But uh, he got the mustard on the bill part and he got it out and a little bit on the gray part and it all came out so i I just thought that was funny so so at least that was a win for him but yeah as far as the game went i I, man i I just the fact they didn't at least get a point out of this one um was frustrating like eddie talked about yeah they went nuts on the shots for once um they didn't do so well in the face-off circle but uh yeah i mean uh, just a tough one A, a, a tough one to lose like that um in the last dying minutes of the game and have you know that funky bounce and whatnot but 
the the good thing was the Ducks another theme night. Uh, I guess it's it's theme night for the Ducks on uh, this last week, but they had uh, hockey fights cancer night against Detroit. You know the Ducks lost against Detroit already earlier in the season. Um, you had uh, Carrick finally came back and played. Um, Hellison was called up but did not play in this game. Gibson was in net for this one. Stolarz was actually in net in the Chicago game, and. Uh, this this one was the other way around. Um, you had the Ducks get behind early on a power play, but then you had McTavish uh, tie it up on a power play. Um, Detroit got a late, late goal in the second period. We really thought they were going to go to the third 1-1, but uh, they were down 2-1 to one and uh, got down to the final minutes. And I thought, oh, man, the Ducks are going to lose. Uh, they pull a goalie, and, and Klingberg converts on a, on a long bomb that gets through a bunch of people and I thought it was going to be touched by Strom, but it wasn't. And it doesn't matter. It went in tie game with like 45 seconds to go. And then they go to overtime. Um, they get a turnover. Um, Strom and Zegras go back and forth with some passes. And, and Strom kind of whiffs, but he ends up knocking in the puck and, the, and they win. And uh, what a wild, wild game uh, this one was. Um, but uh, Eddie and I did go to this one together and hung out. And uh, uh, real quick, I know Tom... T-O-M-O underscore W-B on Instagram asked us from the UK, uh, you know, what's our stats on when we go together? And, and we're 2-0. Uh, the Ducks won this one. But that was a crazy game. It, it looked it looked bad and, and bleak uh, <laughs> until the last minute, Eddie. Oh, yeah. That second period was kind of boring, like you mentioned last night. It was just, it was no, it just kind of like both of them just being real conservative with how they were playing. Um, I, I thought I, I mentioned to, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, someone tweeted me yesterday and I totally just forgot the name. So my bad about that. But, uh, he asked like how the Ducks are going to do. And I thought the Ducks were going to lose. I thought, um, Detroit wanted some revenge from having the three game losing streak. And I thought having Tyler like Bertuzzi back, but I mentioned goaltending was going to be a big factor. And it was, I'm glad the Ducks, um, came ready to play and they didn't like, give up. Klingberg finally gets his goal. He scores. It was a fun game. It was good, and I'm glad that we went. Um, how do we celebrate? I think he asked that too, right? Yes, yeah. that was Tom. How do we celebrate? You know how I celebrate it is uh, I bought a tall can and just pounded it when I got home, which kind of didn't do me good because I kind of woke up a little hungover today, which is sad because we didn't even drink. I didn't drink that much last night, um, but I didn't drink in like a week and a half, so I guess that like really hit. I'm glad McTavish scored a, a goal. I really want him to get going. You know what? Uh, he ranks. He's tied for fourth, or actually fifth among rookies uh, in the scoring race with eight points. We have Arizona's rookie with ten points leads. The, it's weird. The whole rookie race this season is really slow. Like I think the clear winner of the rookie, the Calder Trophy finalist that, that's going to come at the end is uh, Logan Thompson from Vegas. He's been playing lights out, but yeah, it's like. 10 points from the number one rookie right now from Arizona. It's just, it's kind of weird. Um, other stats too, I want to talk about when I wear hats to the game. It's the second time I actually wore a hat to the game. I'm two and O and then this season, me going to games, just regardless, I'm two and one. So there's some other stats for you. Um, Strom scoring. He, he, it looked like a whiff, but he, he ended up getting it in and scoring and we lost our mind, Mike. And then a shout out to, to the fan, uh, that, that told me last night that kind of like passed us like, hey, yeah, good job on the podcast. Thank you for those compliments. We, we love hearing it. Uh, and we, we work our asses off and try to give you the best shows possible. Um, 
it's not an easy job. It, it's hard, like like doing the podcast and to set up and everything. But it's fun. It's rewarding, and hearing those compliments just just pumps our tires and makes us just feel that that much better and stuff like that. So thank you for all the fans that listen, and thank you uh, when you guys come up to us and let us know that. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to get uh, that you know feedback like that. that. That was like I didn't even know. I'm all oh cool, you know, right when we were about to leave. So that was yeah, awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I, I you know what? If you see us at a game next time, just come up and hang out with us, talk to us. Like we love talking hockey, we love shooting the shit. So just yeah. The um, the celebration part, <laughs> I I I thought of it like the end of Top Gun with Tom <laughs> Tom Cruise, right, Maverick. And Iceman, like, because uh, you go to hug me and we're going crazy. The only the only difference is I have my phone out because I'm trying to record the damn goal. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm grabbing you, hugging you like, Mike. <laughs> I know. We're like, we were like, all going like, like screaming, like high five and hugging and shit. And then I, I got one hand and one eye, like looking at the scoreboard, like I gotta record this goal and get this thing, you know. So uh, that that that's how I I I am <laughs> just laughing, thinking about this right now. That's how Tom, how I I envisioned it is, is us just just like that, screaming and high fiving and and, and just uh, we were fucking pumped up. Uh, I'm high five. You know what? I love it. I, I love hockey games. So like when the Ducks score, I'm grabbing some random person, hugging him, high fives. Uh, I was talking to some girl and her daughter. She had a, um, a Kessler jersey. I was like, dude, I love Kessler. Nice jersey and stuff like that. It's just, I, I love hockey so much. You can just connect with different people. And you're talking to strangers and you're hugging strangers. It's just, there's no other experience than being at a hockey game. And I love it. I, Honda Center is awesome. Um, I can give uh, credit to Colorado. I've been, uh, when I was stationed over there, I went to a lot of their games, had season tickets and those fans are amazing. Their staff are amazing. The staff over there in Colorado are top notch, and, and they're awesome. We also saw uh, our, one of our ushers, Robin. She was actually off and attending a game, so that was good to see her non-working environment and her just relaxing, enjoying the game. Um, one thing I want to mention too: we have to like, petition and have a big rally or something. Bring Phil back down to ice level. I hate seeing Phil up there in the rafters. He deserves to be lower. Yeah, if you if you don't know, I, I know I took a photo and posted a while back, but if you're sitting in like the 411, 412, 413 section, he's up there in the rafters. That's where he's at during the games now. He's he hasn't been down at center ice for a while. And uh it's like, come on, like I, I don't know why they're keeping him up there. Um, you know, and I know he wants to go back down there badly. And uh, yeah, we—I I don't know—we got. I think you're right. Start some kind of petition or something because we, you we, know what? we fill on the ice. We should like just po- make a post and tag the Ducks and have all the fans just start blowing them up consistently until they bring Phil back down to ice level. I mean, COVID—like this whole COVID thing is gone or whatever. It's just, now we're back to like normality. Like bring him back down where he belongs. I miss going down and talking to Phil. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Like we always usually do. But we can't do that anymore unless we want to like hike up there. But we're not allowed up there. Yeah. So usually I I'll send him a text and just he'll lean over the rail and I'll wave to him. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> That's was kind of cool kind, last night. yeah. It's kind of what I do. But yeah, you're right. They they gotta come on. Bring bring Phil down to the ice. Like they gotta fix that. We gotta make that a thing. Um. All right. Now we'll uh, we'll talk about the team and the stats and all the oh, stuff. Oh wait, we forgot, yeah. Mike. What's up? We had the bitch about the $18 beer again. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, like because we haven't talked about it before. <laughs> well, I'm drinking the same th- beer I drank last night, my Bud Light Seltzer, but this one cost me like $4 from the liquor store, not $18 like last night. You know what? We keep bitching about it, but we're going to keep buying it. Like, man. That's the, <sighs> that's the thing. When you're there, you're there. You're, you, they got you stuck. You know what I mean? And, and you can't really tailgate. They don't have that. So, yeah, that's always an issue there. So, so you you got to figure out something. Maybe go to Nova Ale Works. Um, that that's a, a great place to check out. And if you go during the game, you mentioned Ducks and Pucks, you get a discount. So, whether it's a home game or a road game, if you're there during the game and you mention that, you will get a discount. And we still are doing watch parties there. We've had a couple this year. We're gonna do some more. I don't have the dates yet. I gotta look at the schedule and figure some stuff out. But we'll be doing more of those. So that's another person or a group that we're partnering with is uh, Noble Aleworks. So all right, with that, we will get to the stats and what's going on with the team. Eddie was talking about some crazy stats. We have some for you uh, right now. Besides us going and, and, and winning and losing and what are, you know what's going on with us when we're there. But another one is the Ducks. All of their wins this season have come in overtime or the shootout. They still do not have a regulation win. Uh, when they've gone to overtime, they have won three times. They have never lost in overtime. And then they've gone to the shootout three times, and they've won two out of the three shootouts. So pretty crazy stuff going on there, um, Eddie. Some, some some stats that you want to look into um, right now with this team is... Everything, everything's in overtime or a shootout. So, I don't know. Maybe we should just skip the 60 minutes and, and, and go straight to three-on-three hockey. Yeah, you know what? I told you yesterday. If the Ducks go to overtime, they're going to win. That's how it is. Something has to something has to change with this team. Like, I, I, I don't know what's going on. Like, we're, what, 16 games in? No regulation win at all? That's bad. Like, I don't know if that's a franchise record. We'll have to look at that and look that up, but... There's something going on, and this team is digressing. And like I talked about it before on numerous pockets, I think uh, a lack of leadership is has a big thing to do uh, to do with it. But I, I just have no idea. I, I know our defensive core is, is kind of shaky right now. We lost Drysdale, and he was just making that stride. He uh, he a, a, he actually outplayed Klingberg. and was on the first power play unit until he got hurt. Um, uh, good for him. He had six. Uh, six, six successful soldier uh surgery but it's just it's just crazy like I, I, like i don't know what's going on with this team it's just it's frustrating yeah i i understand we're we're whole like rebuilding and this team it's gonna take time but to be this bad and to digress from last season that's the issue i'm having with this team right now like the whole digression i wanted them to improve and their stats i want these players to improve i'm glad zegris and terry are are up there and they're they're doing their thing uh benoit too uh throwing his body around i, I liked his play uh, throwing the puck on net a lot too so i like that but it's just it's it's really bad what's going on right now and it seems like it's going to be a really long season for the ducks unless they turn it around yeah i mean that's that's what we've been talking about it doesn't seem like you know you're gonna you're gonna see them winning a whole bunch of games though I, I didn't think that they played that bad in these last three i felt minnesota was unfortunate going down two defensemen chicago i felt like they should have at least got a point and then to, you know to, against detroit they were able to turn that around and they got two so i still think they're somewhat trending upward i mean their puck possession numbers are going up a little bit um their Corsi four is a little bit north of 45 
uh, percent, and their Fenwick uh, score is almost 44 percent. So that you know, five on five play. So they, they the puck position has been going up a little bit. They're now averaging 30 shots a game. Their opponents are averaging you know less than 40 for once. They're 38, still high, but that that's gone down a little bit. So I mean, you know, so it's baby steps, right? They're they're kind of going up a little bit on some of these stats. Um, uh, as Eddie mentioned, Terry's been leading the way. He's got 19 points on the team. Zegers has got the most goals. He's got seven. Terry's got six goals. You've got Strom and Rico, five each, and Vetrano and Comtois with four each. So, I, And I think they did make some of the adjustments that we talked about on the last show. Uh, if you noticed, uh, Terry and Zegers played together uh, in the last couple games. We actually saw McTavish at center uh, against Detroit. And they're uh, putting him more on the power play. We still stole our start a game in there. I mean, I still think he should start more. Uh, so I think they've done some of those things that we've talked about. They're not necessarily taking less penalties, unfortunately. But um, I think it really comes down to what are they going to do with these lines and, and where they're going to pit people and how they utilize them. And, and we've talked about this before, the the you know optimal forward lineup. And uh, we've, we've said Zegers and Terry together. Um, we we've seen uh, come to all be scratched here and there. I think I think he still needs to be in that lineup uh, in a top six role. Um, Strom, Vetrano, Henrique together in the line is good. And then you know the bottom six. Uh, it looks like Grant's going to be out for a while. You know, we'll talk about some of the injury stuff in just a minute. But uh, if you have McTavish at center and he's a bottom six guy, I'm fine with that. And we now have Carrick back too. So maybe uh, and Regenda. Regenda's got to be in this lineup. Uh, as well, so you know, a couple of lines that I we were kind of talking about before is maybe have Regenda, McTavish, and Carrick, or, or Jones, McCavick, uh excuse me, <laughs> McTavish and Carrick, um, have them together uh, on a line, and then Lundestrom and Silverberg with you know one of the other guys on there in the bottom six, and, and leave it like that. I mean, uh, come to all Zegers, Terry, Henrique, Strom, and Vertrano are your top six scorers. And, I mean, they should be top six. Uh, if you want to throw McTavish up there and bump one of them down, I'm fine with that too. But um, I like the play of Regenda. He got his first goal um, with with Grant out. He's on the IR, probably going to be a while. Um, I, I think he needs to get in there more and uh, give him a chance. I know they called up uh, Godin and sent him back down. Didn't see too much out of him. Uh, Leeson they had. I wasn't really too impressed with him as well. But um, those are the 12 forwards that I see right now that uh, you know I think the Ducks need to play um, in somewhat of that order that I talked about uh, I mean maybe some tweaks in there if you, you have some other ideas Eddie but uh, I mean if you got these guys uh, doing their thing um, in, in this lineup I mean with Zegers and Terry we almost won two games in a row and they were together and then you, you know you have McTavish back at center and he actually gets a power play goal too oh heaven forbid um, as well so uh, I, I think that's part of it. We'll get to the defense in a minute, but on the offense, I, I think you know Aikens needs to get these guys set up and put together because you know switching around and scratching this guy or moving these guys around isn't going to help. Yeah, he's just—it seems like he's just doing these lines like a chicken with his head cut off. He's just—I don't know—putting all these players in a little box and just pulling out and just this who's going to play together. Um, I don't like Regenda on the. Fourth line, uh, watching him play, he's motivated, he's fired up. He wants to be out there and contribute. He's going in front of the net. He's getting those dirty areas. He's out there skating his ass off. No, put him on a higher line. 
Um, Silverberg, unfortunately, I, I like Silverberg a lot. I don't think he has a place in this team anymore. Um, I, I think it's just only inevitable that a trade is going to happen. Um, I think that a change of scenery with his injuries that happen, it, it's just it, it's not working out for him. Silverberg is a, pro, a prolific scorer, and he can score those beautiful goals with his wrist shot that he has. He has a sniping wrist, a wrist shot. Um, trade him. You have the cap space. Eat up his salary and send him somewhere else and let him thrive over there and get some assets back for him. I'm sure a lot of teams will be interested in bringing him in. Uh, yeah, I know he's the second longest tenure of the Ducks that's been on the team, but you can't have him on the fourth line. It's not working out. It's not paying dividends for anyone. It's just, it's. I don't think it's right. Um, I would move Reginda to the third line and have Jones, McTavish, and Reginda play. I know it might be a little off wing, but I, I want to see Reginda in a top six role, not that, that, that fourth line at all. And you know what? And Lundestrom too, I like his play. Lundestrom does all those. He just does everything that you want in a hockey player. He's not the biggest guy, but he gets in your face and he's willing to do that nasty stuff too that you need. Comtois, Z, and Terry. I love that first line. I love Henrique, Strom, and Vetrano. I love that line too. Strom and Vetrano, I want to give uh, Verbeek some good credit because they just fit the duck system so well, and I love seeing them. Um, I know Tom asked about the reverse retro jersey that you uh, that you actually bought last night too, Mike. Uh, he asked if I was going to get someone on there, and I bought mine blank from Adidas because I had like 20% off, So and I'm cheap. So I'm going to save that 20% off, but you know it. If I'm going to buy another uh, player's name on my uh, jersey, I think uh, I, I do want a Zegris 46 jersey because a lot of accomplishments happened when he was 46. But I also want a Strom jersey. I, I, I followed him from when he was in New York with the Rangers, and I loved his play, and I'm glad that he came for the Ducks. You know what's funny? I wanted to tweet out that I wish Ryan Strom would be a Duck. Uh, I, I should have tweeted that out before they signed him. But, yeah, I, I like his play. And the players that we picked up are fitting in, minus Klingberg. Uh, Klingberg seems like he's not fitting in with this this Ducks organization. But, you know, uh, he's still a valuable defenseman, and we're going to assets for him. And we'll talk about that later on in the show. But, yeah, um, like I said, it seems like it, it's only a matter of time before uh, Silverberg is on his way packing. And as he should, I think a change of scenery is going to reignite something in him. And uh, whatever team gets him is going to be lucky to have him. And we're going to get some good assets in return for him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the players that we've talked about. And we've got a couple more that we'll talk about in just a second as well. Uh, you know, some more trade rumor news in the next segment coming up. But um, for now, we had uh, TJ Watson, 26, on Instagram asked, you know, what's the deal with McTavish? Seems like he's he's playing well but not getting a lot of ice time. And I, and I feel like, yeah, it's going back to this, this lineup, as Eddie talked about you got to have the right guys in there playing the right time. And uh, it seems like Matavish has gotten more time. You know, he had over almost 15 minutes against Minnesota, 10 against Chicago, and then over 12 against Detroit. He had uh, four minutes of power play against Minnesota, two minutes against Chicago, and almost four against Detroit. So uh, he's getting the time on there. He had three shots and a couple of these games each, power play goal. Um, so I think that's helping out, um, you know, working in his favor. So I think utilizing him, it seems like center is the way to go. And if he's in the second line or third line, I, I don't really care. I mean, I, I think you put him in there. And I'm with you, Eddie. I mean, 
Regenda, if you if you can at least keep him in top nine, I, I think that's the way to go on the lineup. And, and, may, and maybe you have Jones, Lundestrom, and Silverberg as the bottom line, or or, or you bump Carrick down there. However, you're going to do that. But um, you know, I, I like to see McTavish and Regenda at least in a top nine role. They don't both have to be in a top six role. It's a little bit crowded right now with the way the other guys are doing. But you got to have them up there, and uh, especially McTavish on the power play. And, and I think those are some of the things they got to work on. The Ducks' power play still having issues, just barely 10%. Penalty kills having issues as well. And, uh, you know, it's rough. And I think that if they're able to at least get the, the, the lines down more consistent, get the scoring going forward, and get that forecheck going, there won't be as much pressure on the defense. Um, though, the, you know, they've had their struggles uh, with that as well. Um, some other issues, too, for the team, unfortunately, is injuries. And you have Derek Grant that was placed on the IR. Uh, it sounds like he has an upper body injury, which is a, a rib injury. So he's going to be out for a while, for what I heard. Shattenkirk has a, a, a strain in one of his legs. It sounds like it's not going to be that long. They still put him on the IR, but he should be back pretty soon. Uh, Boy, you uh, actually hurt his arm uh, with all those fights that he was doing. So... I don't know how long he's going to be uh, out, but it, it may be a while for him, depending on how he heals up. So, ducks are already, you know, the wounded ducks, as we've talked about in the past. They're they're missing some guys, but there's opportunities here for these other guys to step up and play. Um, I don't I don't think they need help on the forward. I, I think it's really just figuring out which lines. In terms of defense, I, the ducks have all kinds of issues. Um, uh, they lost their fighter guy, like I said, Boyu, for a little bit. Um, Shattenkirk, it sounds like he might be back in a little bit, but, uh, Eddie talked about, you know, Klingberg and, uh, he played better in this last game against Detroit, but overall, uh, it's not, it's not been pretty. And, uh, the kind of, we'll kind of go into the trade stuff now. Cause you know, we've talked about, um, you know, the lineup and making things better. And, and yes, we've talked about trades before, but the, the team needs to do something and there's some more rumors out there. So. Let's talk about, actually I'll do a little uh, promo real quick, uh, Z-Stack Life, uh, check them out. Uh, if you're looking for a good multivitamin with vitamin C, D, and zinc, uh, it, it's a good one. I take it every day, uh, zstacklife.com. Um, say my name, Mike, or I'm sorry, type in my name, Mike, on the website, and you get a discount as well, so zstacklife.com. Okay, um, with that, we'll talk about the trade stuff kind of going on here. Uh, Eddie and I have already talked about defense and whatnot, but there's been some more stuff that that's come up lately. We we talked about Toronto and the Ducks before, uh, and, and and the whole goalie situation. Uh, Murray's back, so that sounds like that's kind of a back burner. But um, the thing we have now with uh, Cervelli, he's talking about Muzzin and, and them being out for a while, and he put out an article. And he's talking about Klingberg and possibly the Ducks trading him to Toronto. So I thought that was an interesting twist. It seems like Toronto keeps coming up with the Ducks. What do you think about that kind of scenario, Eddie? Well, the first thing, uh, I misspoke earlier when I mentioned Regina playing a top six. I meant a top nine role, not in top six. So thank you for clarifying that up, Mike. So, yeah, that's what I meant. Um yeah, it, it's kind of weird with the Leafs right now. They they lost Muzzin. They lost Brody. Um, with Brody, if they put him on long-term injury reserve, they're going to have about $7 million in cap space. But obviously, the Ducks are going to have to eat up a chunk of Klingberg's salary, which they can. They have the salary cap to do that, which is going to make him more valuable to other teams. Maybe it might be a better fit. Uh, 
the Leafs and the Oilers, for some reason, are like, like when there's a trade rumors, those two teams are in with everybody for some reason. I, I have no idea why, but it seems like they need something. Uh, with their goaltending uh, situation right now, I know we talked about Stolarz possibly helping out the Leafs in goaltending, but they got Matt Murray back. He got his first win of the season uh, when he came back yesterday. Samsonov's hurt, but he's going to be coming back. And Kilgren, um, he's been playing pretty decent as a backup now with uh, to Matt Murray, so I don't think that's going to be a possibility of having Stolarz being traded over there. I still think Stolarz um, should be traded. We have assets for him. He's not being uh, utilized as much for the Ducks. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Klingberg is one of those players. Uh, he has a, a modified no-trade clause within 10 teams after January 1st. So the Ducks right now before January 1st, can trade him to anywhere they want. After that, he can submit a 10-team a, a trade uh, a list that he, uh, teams that he can't go to. Um, yeah, it's only beneficial. Like I said, what the Ducks have, and the biggest advantage they have right now is they have the cap space to eat half that salary. So getting uh, what getting Klingberg for, what, $3.54 million for the season. Uh, he's a capable defenseman. He played... Uh, amazing in Dallas. He can quarterback the power play. Just for some reason, it's not working over here in Anaheim. But once we all saw uh, what the team is doing and how their stats are just declining down, you really can't blame him. So he still has value, and we can still get assets from him. Um, if the Leafs are willing to overpay and, and we can get something for him, then why not do it right now, uh, sooner than later, before he has that, that clause kick in January 1st? Yeah, that's an important point. I don't know if everybody knows about that as far as his, uh, you know, trade uh, terms and whatnot. So something to keep in mind uh, as we wind down the year of 2022, uh, as far as Klingberg's concerned, and obviously Cerevelli has him as number one option for Toronto. So not saying that that's going to happen, but uh, we all kind of thought that he would be a person that would be traded before the you know the deadline came up. So definitely, uh, you know, I, you know, someone to keep an eye on. And then we've had uh, some more. Again, it's just stuff going on. You know, it could mean nothing, could mean something. But Verbeek and Mike Eastwood of the scouting staff were at the uh, Habs Devils game, so that stirred up a little bit, and, and and people are wondering, okay, what about those two teams? Uh, if the Ducks want defensemen, some options on Montreal. You have Joel Edmondson, um, David Savard. Caden uh, Gooley, Jordan Harris. Uh, you know, they could take either contract of Edmondson or Savard, guys that have been around. I mean, Edmondson's got a modified no trade clause, so that'd be more difficult. Um, Savard, more a tough guy. You know, 3.5 million, that's nothing. Like Eddie mentioned, the cap space is great for the Ducks. You want some younger guys like Gooley and Harris, maybe? Um, there's some options there if the Ducks do want to do something um, with uh, Montreal. I don't. I don't see it as much with the Devils. The Devils, uh, probably the the hottest team, pun intended, uh, as they've won ten games in a row, Eddie. So I, I don't see anything there. But but maybe the Ducks see something with Montreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. A good idea that you mentioned that, like New Jersey. I don't know what happened. Uh, people gave Miles Wood crap about him calling out a team, saying he was tired of being on a losing team. The fans over there talking crap and saying fire Lindy, which we'll talk about that in the league news. But yeah, the Devils are red hot right now. They're on fire. So I don't think they, they would make a trade, and as they shouldn't. Don't mess up a good thing while it's going. Uh, you, uh, you mentioned some good players. Edmondson, Savard's more of a defensive uh, 
defenseman. Edmondson's more of a two-way. Uh, Jordan Harris, uh, he's interesting. He'd be a good asset, maybe a, a kind of a project to go. Yeah, uh, reading over a scouting report from him, he's a good puck moving defenseman, really savvy. Uh, this is from Sports Forecaster. Uh, he can actually quarterback the power play. He can adapt to you know to whatever outcome that that's given to him. Uh, obviously, uh, he lacks the strength. He's undersized, so that's going to be a problem uh, that a lot of teams have. But if he can help the Ducks and they can develop him properly, I can see him being an asset, and I can see the Ducks being. Uh, uh, I I going for a player like this. Uh, he's he's young, and he can he can try to make things happen. And a trade to bring in more assets to help this rebuild is something that the Ducks uh, should w- want to do. Edmondson and Savard are more established in HLers. Uh, they're not really going to help the Ducks in the rebuild process, but bringing in young assets is something that's going to be valuable for the Ducks. And I could see them going after Caden Gooley or Jordan Harris. Now a- another part of this too. And and we saw this come up is Comtois' name has come up, uh, and maybe some kind of option with Colorado and Sam Gerrard. I know you listen to Dater's podcast, Eddie, and uh, and for those of you that don't know, Eddie's also a big uh, Colorado fan. That's his second team. W- what do you think about that? And what was discussed on that show uh, as far as you know uh, Gerrard and and what's going on with the Abs? Yeah, well, you know what? Well, they were just spitballing and throwing out random names, and and Comtois' name came up like that, and they mentioned that Gerard might uh, find himself with a new home. Um, uh, come recently, um, he got kind of got outplayed. He got hurt in the playoffs, and then Bo and Byron came in and stepped up and really established himself as a really full time NHLer, and it's gonna get a big ta- uh, pay raise. They have a uh, Devon Taves, they have Eric Johnson, who's playing really good this season. And Kale McCarr rounds up their top four. Uh, Gerard's an offensive defenseman. He has a lot of skill. He can quarterback the power play. He can he can bring it the puck up on the rush. Undersized too. He's only a five ten, but I, I think that it'd be a good trade for the Avalanche. They have some uh, some injuries going on. Uh, Nishkinen's out. They have Landis Cog out. They have McDermott out. They're going through some injury problems right now. And they're uh, poised to win the Stanley Cup again. They have a really good team. They have superstars on the team with Rantanen, with with um, McKinnon and Makar. Um, I think that Comtois will fit well with that organization, and he brings that 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 level of nastiness, getting in front of the net, and it'll be good. And he he knows a familiar face there with the uh, he has um what's his name, Josh Manson there too. We have former Duck Cogliano that just absolutely loves playing there and kind of sparked them and gave a good motivational speech when they were in the Stanley Cup final. So I, I think it's a possibility. Uh, we definitely need help on defense. We need uh, someone that, that can be a top four defenseman and Sam Girard can come over there, uh, come to the Ducks and be that top four defenseman to provide that offensive spark. He's only had a cap hit of five, uh, five million per year. He's a, uh, he can play left or right side, so he can play either or. He's only 24 years old, so he came from Nashville in a trade from um, that Matt Duchesne trade, that three-year trade. So it's something, a possibility that the Ducks can look at if they want to bring someone in like that. Uh, he signed until the 2026-2027 season with the modified no-trade clause coming in 2024-2025. I wouldn't be opposed for the Ducks to bring in a player like this that can provide to the offense. They have Byram that's going to be the, I, I seems like he's going to be their 
superstar defenseman of the future. Just seeing the, the small sample size I have of him and playing. Unfortunately, the injury kind of knocked him off course, but I think he's going to bounce back and be strong. But I think someone like Sam Girard can really uh, pay dividends for the Ducks and provide that offense on the the blue line. Yes, he does have some irresponsibilities of, of kind of being that defensive player, but he could still bring the puck up, bring the rush. He has that beautiful spin move that he does that just for some reason everyone knows he's going to do it, but it still trips up uh, offensive players and defensive players when he brings it up on the rush. And we need more defensive like that. Bring the puck up and create opportunities. Uh, it seems like his time might be up in Colorado. So um, if a trade lingering on that, that'd be, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And, if it does happen, uh, I'll reach out to Adrian Dater, which is probably one of my favorite uh, beat writers and reporters. I've been following him for years. I follow the Avalanche, too, and hopefully he comes on the show. And If they, we make a trade, he can uh, divulge more into uh, Sam Gerrard's, I guess, play style and what he, he could bring to the organization. But Sam Gerrard's a player uh, I, I would look out for and watch. Um, he mentioned, like I said, he mentioned... Uh, come to I actually mentioned too. Uh, I wrote the when he posted his podcast. I wrote like, yeah, Silverberg's one of those players that can that can help and, and produce a change of scenery. And Adam Henrique, uh, Henrique, the the Colorado Avalanche lost Kadri. He signed with the Calgary front, uh, the Flames. They try to have Alex Newhook be in that second uh, that two C spot, but he's not really working. He's not really physical enough. Uh, it just doesn't seem like he's at that that second line center. And the Avs definitely need that. And, and Adam Henrique can be an option, too, I think, if the Ducks don't retain him or if they want to trade him come offseason, which I think the Ducks might be sellers at the trade deadline. So that may be an option for Colorado, too, if they want to kind of bring in a, a 2C. But, yeah, we should keep our eye on Gerard, um, and the Ducks should really uh, do some scouting on him, and I think he'd be an asset, and he can help the Ducks with their offensive game on the blue line. A lot of options out there right now. I mean, uh, Verbeek's going around checking out stuff. We've seen the assistant GM uh, at games and scouting staff at games. There's definitely, I think, you know, I'm not saying that a trade's going to happen, but there's definitely research being done. Let's put it that way. And there's some options out there. Toronto is a team to look at. Uh, Montreal is another team to look at. Uh, Colorado is another team uh, as well to check out. So, I mean, there's some possibilities out there, Eddie, and, and it could be one of these teams that something could happen. Well, Vegas, too. We have Brissant that uh, was put on waivers. He was supposed to be the starting goalie when Robert Leonard went out. But you had the play from Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, just spe- spectacular. Logan Thompson, I think, will win the Calder uh, Trophy this season as being the top rookie of the year. His play is just... I mean, you know, it's really cool to see that just some random, what, third, fourth goalie that wasn't even in anyone's radar is just having this stellar season. It's all it takes, some injuries. Like, uh, look at uh, Cam Fowler when he came in the league. He got his chance because injuries in the blue line, he never looked back. He just kept playing. Um, so, like like I was saying, Stolarz has been like, underutilized. I think he has a lot of potential. He could be, uh, on some teams, maybe a starter. And we can get some assets for him, so why not trade uh, for Brissant? It's not going to cost a lot. Bring him in to back up Gibson. Yes, I do want to see a Doss come up and 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 play in the NHL, but I don't want him just being under Gibson and just having a few starts, like one or two starts a month. Seems like they're really riding on Gibson. So bring a, a goalie like Brissant, see if he can regain the form. I know he got lit up when he came back in the AHL and then that conditioning loan. 
But what the Ducks are doing right now, they're dead last in the league. So it's like, why not bring in someone like that? That's going to cost you cheap. Maybe a sixth-round pick. Future considerations, my favorite player. Um, and, and go from there. Trade Stolarz to a team that can utilize him and bring some more assets. We're rebuilding, and we have the opportunity right now with the cap space to to bring in bad contracts to, to make trades like this. It's a really deep draft coming up this season so we should uh take advantage of that and, and build our team from there and kind of just be the the ducks that that we can be like this this team has a lot of potential with zegris and terry uh kind of like running forward for it so like why not just make these changes right now and, and kind of take advantage of other teams that are having injury struggles and and trade like i said before we should have traded Stolarz to Toronto weeks ago when they were down to their third and fourth stream goalies, but we didn't. And I don't want to see the Ducks make the same mistake with um, what Bob Murray did when Raquel, like he was on a trading block. He was red hot. We could have got so much for Raquel, but Bob Murray was uh, drowning himself in an 18 bottle dollar of whiskey or something. <laughs> Yeah, or eighteen dollar uh, seltzer at the Honda Center while he was at the games. I... No, no, you know what? As red as Bob Murray was, no, he was drinking liquor definitely. <laughs> uh, a couple things you, you touched on there, and it kind of kind of leads into uh, our goals update. So, kind of talk about that now. But you mentioned uh, Stolars, uh, you know, maybe some kind of trade with Vegas and things like that. And then we had uh, Dossel just tearing it up lately. Um, that's the other part of this equation. You know, the, the goals haven't been the best. You know, they're, they're ninth of the Pacific. They're 5-8-0. Kind of similar record to the Ducks. But they won two out of their last three. And Dossel was the AHL player of the week. And he just destroyed it. Uh, 83 saves against, you know, 86 shots. I mean, good God. Uh, he's just killing it. Um the, the, you mentioned uh, the Vegas Knights. The Ducks played the Silver Knights, the AHL team, and they destroyed them seven nothing. Uh, they did lose to the Bakersfield Condos to uh, Condors two nothing, and uh, then beat the Rain. Obviously, the you know the Kings product boo, but they beat the Rain four to one, and uh, he made a fantastic save too against the Condors, where he just stole the puck. Uh, just crazy. I mean, so. You know, going back to the trade stuff you're talking about, Eddie. I mean, if there's a team that you're going to do stuff with, if if you know Toronto's not an option now, they got Murray back. But I mean, if if the Ducks want to bring in someone else, uh, Gibson, uh, to back him up, or uh, if maybe it is a Montreal team, or or like we said, maybe the Devils. I don't think it's much because they're hot, or uh, Colorado. Um, you know, you could trade Stolars to one of the, these teams out there that either is looking for a starter or a backup or whatever uh, to help the team out and then, uh, you know, get something in return. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a goalie. Um, you have Dossel killing it if you want to bring him up. But part of that whole thing is the way that the Ducks manage, uh, you know, the goalie situation. Um, and, and that's part of them improving. We've talked about taking the pressure off Gibson. I don't think the Ducks do that enough. I think they play him way too much. I, I think whoever the backup is should be playing more more of these starts. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's Stolarz right now, and I, I think, you know, he should be playing at least one out of every third game, at least. Uh, maybe 60-40 even. I, I just feel like uh, with Gibson, they, they lean on him way too much and put too much pressure on him. But... 
if the long-term plan is to keep him, then I, I would think, well, okay, but what is going to be after that? Is it is it going to be Stolarz after that? Is it going to be Dostal after that? So that's some more stuff to think about as far as in terms of potential trades and trying to make this team better. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're not watching all the Ducks games, I definitely check out the goals games. Um, yeah, they're not top in the Pacific Division, but they're they're definitely exciting to watch. Yeah, see, so if you want to really blow it up, like trade Gibson. Like, Verbeek has no emotional attachment to him at all. Verbeek, which he proved last season, has no... Like, he wants to win. He wants to build a roster. You saw Lindholm, Raquel, my best buddy, De- Delorier, which I want to cry right now because he's gone. They're all gone. So, trading Gibson to a team that really needs a superstar goaltender. Gibson's still good. He's a phenomenal goaltender. He's playing on a really bad team. Someone like Edmonton... That's having goalies troubles. You have Stuart Skinner taking over the reins over Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell hasn't played up to par, and Edmonton has been having goaltending problems for years. I think he could solidify that spot, and he can thrive in Edmonton with the a core like that. It just has to see like what's going to happen. What do you want for this team? We have Dosto playing lights out in the AHL. It's, it seems like he's ready to make that transition to the NHL, and that save against the Condors was just beautiful. The reason why their record's so bad is not because of his play. It's because the team's just been inconsistent. Like Thomas mentioned in his article, it's inconsistent, but they've shown flashes of greatness. Um, we have to figure out what we're going to do with this team. I mean, if we're going to trade Gibson, do it. Just rip the Band-Aid off. It's going to hurt. I'm not saying let's trade him. I'm not like trying to spark a goalie con- a controversy, but... We have a capable uh, goalie in Stolarz that could probably take the starting role and, and, and take that uh, temporarily for the season and Dostal can back him up and, and get the equal amount of play, have a 1A, 1B kind of situation where both goalies play equal amount and get Dostal that NHL experience and have him transition. He's been playing well on the goals, and I think he's probably one of the goalies of the future, hopefully. Um, I think Gibson would be huge for the Ducks, and it would – throw there and thrust their rebuild uh, a little further and sooner than, than we're expecting. Um, it just all depends on what Verbeek's thought process and what he wants to do. Obviously, this team is doing horrible. It's, it's horrid this season. No regulation win at all. We're like relying on overtime. I'm probably going to break a, a NHL record on the most overtime wins to start a season. Like I, I, I don't know. But something has to give, something has to go, and like I, I, I'm mentioning it right now. I think a trade's gonna happen within the next two or three weeks. It's gonna be a small trade, maybe a significant one, but something's gonna happen with the Ducks. They can't sustain this trajectory and, and just do this like 16 regulation games or whatever, and you have no uh, regulation win. Something has to give. Verbeek has to do something to change his dynamic of the team. You can't. You can't just thrust forward and have this team do that. A coaching change, which I don't see is going to happen anytime soon, but something's going to happen. I, I, I'm telling you, fans, two or three weeks, we're going to have a trade or something significant is going to happen with this team that, that's going to thrust them and try to get them out of this funk and get their first regulation win, especially if we go through this week when we play the, the Jets and St. Louis Blues and we don't get a regulation win, something's going to happen. Like It has to happen. Like You're the GM of the hockey team. You have to do something. 
Well, that brings us actually to our next segment, which uh, real quick, I'll just remind you that we're part of the Old City Sports Network. Uh, another sponsor is Norse Beards. If you're looking for uh, your grooming needs, you can check them out at norsebeards.com. Enter the code OCS for a discount. So norsebeards.com, OCS for a discount. Uh, so Eddie's pretty emphatic about this this you know trade going to happen, and, and I don't think that he's wrong. I, I, I think that that is definitely something that it has to at least be entertained right now because we know that Ducks personnel have been at a couple of games. It's not a secret. The other part of this equation that we've talked about, and Eddie has a separate article on this that we're going to be putting out soon, is about the leadership of this team, which uh, Eric Stevens has talked about it uh, a little bit recently. Um, they're, they're, you know, Dan Wood, Steve Carroll as well, they've talked about uh, Terry and how he's emerged. You know, he's the leading scorer on the team. Uh, his leadership role, we've seen it on the broadcast too. So... You know, we threw it out to you guys on our podcast poll question about, okay, if the Ducks were going to name a captain now, who do you think would be the one uh, for this team? And, and this is just kind of the way the voting's gone for now. Uh, it's still in flux, but the leader has been Fowler uh, out of our picks with Henrique being a close second. And then third is Terry, uh, like just one vote behind Henrique. Uh, one person said Terry, not now, but maybe down the you know down the road, and then a couple random votes in there for uh, Silverberg and Gibson, and then a handful of you also said, hey, let's just wait it out still, which I'm not a fan of. I, I am tired of this waiting it out. I, I've made that known. I, I mean, I'm not happy they didn't pick someone in the beginning of the season. That's how I feel. But I think this is another part of the equation. Um, I think yes, going out and making a trade, some kind of move in the near future. Uh, like when the next month, I, I think would be something that the Ducks could do. But um, the direction of this team, you know, Eddie did talk about Silverberg as being one being traded. He was one that had been an alternate captain for this team. Um, and, and he has an article. I'm not going to spoil his article. I'll let him talk about some of that. But uh, for me, uh, I'm like, let's do this. Let's, let's you know, pick somebody. Um, it seems like Terry's the one that's emerged uh, somewhat, uh, also from comments of Dallas Akins and whatnot, uh, that he would be a one to go to uh, if he's uh, you know too young or too new or whatever. If that's kind of you know that's you know the the holdup or whatever with Verbeek or, or whoever else talking about this, then maybe you do uh, go with Henrique or Fowler, the guys that uh, you know Fowler's been on the team the longest. I, I get that, and Henrique. Uh, it's got his contract on there. It'd be another solid choice. Um, that and those are the top three that you guys picked. But I think that's part of this equation is getting getting that taken care of. I, I mean, I just I think it's silly to me with the three alternates. I I don't like it. I don't like that it's dragging out. I'm just not a big fan of that. I I, I just I, I just don't like it. So I, I think that they should pick somebody. And uh, my my vote's Terry. Uh, that I, I would go with. If not, then I would go with one of those senior guys. But, uh, Eddie, I don't know how much you want to share of your article or, or spoil it or whatnot. I mean, we're still going to put that out. But what is what do you think? If the Ducks, you know, had to pick somebody now or soon to get, you know, this thing, I you know, solidified, who would you go with? 
Well, it's like you have to pick someone. I don't care about tenure. I don't care who's been there longest. I don't care like who's what age. Look at Gabriel Landeskog. He was the youngest captain in NHL history when he got named captain, and he's a phenomenal guy. Um, he's a great captain. Um, I've had numerous conversations with him when I was in Colorado. I actually, uh, yeah, lots of conversations. I actually talked to him, not knowing it was him at first, and we're just shooting the shit, just like normal like people, just talking sports and stuff like that. I, I think he's in well in Colorado. So I, I I don't care like yeah I have that old school mentality like you have to earn your way but like with the with the whole the league is transitioning naming new captains young captains I, I'm not opposed to that but the Ducks need some leadership and I mentioned in my article too many Chiefs not enough Indians every structure that you have to have in life needs leadership I was in the army it's like what happens if it's just like hey well it's a free for all do whatever or or if you guys work I don't care if you work. You have careers or if you're young, high school, working fast food, you have to have some kind of established leadership to, to kind of just guide you and thrust you forward. My pick for the next captain would probably be, well, you have to wait till my article is posted and you can read it and you can find out my pick. So I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, I worked hard. You know what, Mike, too? I mentioned that little concussion I had. I got fired up to write the article and I worked hard on it and it was, I'm really looking forward to getting it posted. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and I put a lot of thought into it, and the person I chose I think would be the best uh, possible uh, solution for the captains, uh, Captain C, with his, uh, his tenure in the league, his experience with other uh, captains he's been under, and I think he can really help the Ducks and lead this team through this rebuild and, and, and be an asset. And like I said, I don't care about how long you've been on the team. I don't care. If it's your game one or game 100, 200, 300, it just, I think the best possible leader is going to put the team first, accept responsibility, not make excuses and, and kind of be that leader and, and, you know, Hey, when your team is down, you you be that voice. Um, Me personally, when I played hockey, like my little beer league, when I played competitive, I was never a leader. Like I, I know that for a fact. I, I was never one of those people that could be a leader, but I've served under good leaders. Um, I watched this game long enough. Uh, I have had numerous, numerous conversations with Landis Cog and other captains in the league that just just seeing their demeanor and how they, they interact, it's like, okay, that's what a leader should be. And I was in the Army, so I, I've dealt with – a lot of shitty leaders, but I dealt with a lot of amazing, amazing leaders. And leadership is important. So I'm looking forward to the article being posted out. And I'm looking forward to seeing all you guys' responses when you read it. And if you agree or disagree. But the thing is, we have to name a captain. We have to have someone shooting forward. And like I mentioned in my article, no one will ever replace Getzloff. Getzloff was probably uh, one of the best captains in the league. I, I, and... I want to go out there. Maybe the best captain in Ducks history. I know there's a lot of lot of amazing people that wore that C. Paul Korea, uh, Scott Niedermeyer. But it's something about Getzloff, but just been that consummate professional. And I, I, I don't know. It's just I put a lot of thought and effort and really thought about this article and who I selected to be the next Ducks captain. Um, I think it's going to pay dividends for the Ducks and it's going to help them thrust forward. And like I said, I don't care if you have a, a couple years left in your contract. I don't care if you sign long term. I don't care if you're just traded to the damn Ducks. No, we have to have a leader, someone that's going to be that voice and be, you know, like, like I said, that strong leader, Mike. I'm sure uh, the 
the jobs you worked before in your career, you have to have a structured leadership and leadership can kind of reflect on the team's attitude and what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. Absolutely. I mean, you, you have to have somebody that's going to guide the team and send them in the right direction, you know, that that's going to make them uh, go, you know, I think improve. I mean, that's I mean that's the ultimate thing. I, I still think the Ducks do need to make some kind of trade, and I think they need to pick someone that's going to run this team, and they got to figure it out, even if it's someone that's just going to finish out the rest of the season. And then you switch to someone next year. I, I mean, you got to figure it out. So I, I won't go too much more into it because I know you got your article and we'll post it and let people uh, read it and then decide. But uh, definitely something to think about. With that, we'll get to the, the last segment. We'll talk about the league news, um, some stuff going on. Talk about another leader for the Ducks. Uh, Tamu was at the Hockey Hall of Fame wearing his Hoffa helmet, which I was cracking up. Uh, photos of that were flying around. You had uh, the you know Sedine brothers and Luongo Al, um, Alfredson uh, and a few others that uh, made the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. So uh, you know, not that we're going to bring Tamu back, but I mean, uh, I was I was cracking up at that. I, you know, so they they announced uh, the Hockey Hall of Famers this time around, and um, just funny to see him out there wearing that helmet. It just I just always crack up. And see him taking those funny photos with his thumbs up and whatnot. Oh yeah, I love him. He's he's just one of those people. Just he's well loved. About like I I can't see anyone talking bad about Solani at all. He's just he's such a great guy. And then when you're around him, that aurora that he brings, you just you're up. Like I said, like I I've had. I went to his restaurant. I just asked him just to say hi. He came he came to the table just. 20 minutes just chatting on me. Uh, he called me a, a, uh, an idiot because uh, I had like a knee brace on because I blocked the shot playing hockey. He asked me, are you a goalie? Are you a pro? No. He goes, you're an effing idiot. Don't block shots. You're not a goalie. You're not, you know, you're not a pro. Just go play your thing. Uh, that was just awesome. I, uh, it'd be cool to him come back and just down that seat just one game. Or just to warm ups. That'd be awesome. Or if we could have Getzloff come back it just uh, half the season. Like, hey, you want to just come back and lead this team? But yeah, Solani is just awesome. Uh, I can't even say any more about that. I love the guy. Yeah, and I and the other part, too, that <laughs> you mentioned Getzloff in there, too. And I don't I can't remember if we talked about this before on the show or not. But obviously Solani's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. What about Getzloff? And I, I would say it would be a yes. He won a Stanley Cup with the Ducks. He was the team captain forever and a day. Did a lot of great things in the community too as well. So uh, I don't know when that would happen. But, I mean, if I was to say that, uh, if someone asked me, you know, would you throw Getzloff in there? I'd say uh, absolutely, Eddie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think he's... Uh... I think he's earned it. He has a cup. Uh, what he's done with the Ducks organization, his leadership ability, uh, and the people that are being let in the Hall of Fame, um, especially ones without Stanley Cups, I, I think he definitely is going to be the next player that's going to be in the, um, you know, once that ballot comes out, he'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having his number retired too at Honda Center because you know it's coming. It's definitely coming. Yeah, so another, uh, you know, uh, good ho uh, Hockey Hall of Fame uh, inductees, if you didn't check it out. Um, see a couple other things here around the league to kind of wind up the show here. 
We had, uh, well, Arizona's back in the news. I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting, Eddie. I, I guess they're talking about having an outdoor game. But, I mean, are they even going to be in Arizona uh, in the next few years? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, like, within, like, Craig Morgan reported that in the next five years, they want to have an Arizona outdoor game. Ugh, this team needs to figure out where the hell they're going to play. I, I know they're going to vote in Tempe if they're going to want to have a team there. Um, it looks like they're going to vote yes on that to have a team, but it just seems like this team is just dragging on like, hey, Quebec's ready for a team. Look at Winnipeg. People didn't think Winnipeg would thrive, and they're thriving over there when they brought them back. I, I just think that it's just a failed experiment that's going on in Arizona. I wish them all the best. I would hate for hockey to dissolve. It just seems like it's just kind of dragging on the inevitable. It's going to in, inevitable. Damn, the Bud Light Seltzer is getting to me already. <laughs> no, it, it just seems like it's dragging on. Like, it's just... What's the point of having a an outdoor game? And it's not going to be in Tempe. It's not. It's just. I don't think it gets cold enough. Maybe Flagstaff, Arizona, if you want to go over there. It's beautiful. I've been there a few times, but I, I don't know. Arizona needs to figure their stuff out. They're playing at a college right now, and it just seems like to just kind of dragging on this team that's just not really gonna gonna be there or be successful. And, I, and no disrespect to the fans at all for or for Arizona. I wish them all the best, but it's just. I mean, enough is enough. Like, when are you going to just cut your losses and try to move this team that's going to thrive somewhere else? Yeah, I, I mean, if I'm taking a bet on the Arizona outdoor game or them being moved somewhere else, I think they get moved before there's an Arizona outdoor game. I hate to say it, but eh, rough situation in Arizona, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, and then Buffalo, you we talked about hockey fights cancer. A uh, good moment there, Eddie, huh? Oh, yeah. So Bergeron and Tage Thompson had some interactions uh, at Center Ice, and people were saying, oh, he's like congratulating him on his play of this season, which he's been pretty good for the, uh, Buffalo, probably their best player. But no, he was actually asking about Thompson's wife that was, uh, she had some cancer removed from her leg a few years ago, and he was just kind of making sure that she was doing okay. Uh, they have some ties with family, friends. So Bergeron and Tage Thompson have some history together. They know each other's families and stuff like that. So I think that was pretty cool. Opposing teams just kind of playing this, uh, just, you know, Bergeron being the professional that he is, being a great captain, just being a, a leader uh, that he is, and, and kind of looking after Tage Thompson, asking about his wife. I think that was just something special and something that just kind of heartwarming, and especially in today's society where we see a lot of negativity going on and seeing a interaction between them two and Bergeron. Before the game, just making sure that Tate Thompson's doing okay and his wife's doing okay. I think that was really a beautiful moment. And I just wanted to make sure that us as Ducks fans that we know that. I know a lot of people don't venture out in the league and watch a lot of other games. But it's just something that should be recognized that these guys are all professionals and they all care about each other. So that was really a nice moment and sweet to see. Yeah, an extremely good moment, you know, especially, you know, with all the hockey fights, cancer stuff going on too as well. So, and like you said, too much negativity. It's better to have more positivity going on out there. And and kind of speaking of negative going to positive, we had uh, New Jersey. Uh, the fans, uh, you know, they were all upset at uh, the coach and wanted him out. And now they're on fire. They're now, you know, chanting, sorry, Lindy, uh, <laughs> after the winning streak, Eddie. Oh, yeah, that was so funny. The fans in New Jersey were chanting, sorry, Lindy, after they were chanting, fire him after the first two games. They were chanting, fire him when the uh, when the, the Devils were leading the Ducks when they played 
uh, they were chanting that too, and now they just said sorry, Lindy. And he joked the press conference, which was funny, saying he accepts their apology, and he uh, can't wait till uh, maybe they could sit, all sit down together and have a beer and laugh about it. So that's pretty cool. You know what? Uh, I'm glad the Devils are on their like hot streak, their heat streak. Their fans went through a lot. Uh, their their play of late, our last few seasons were really down. The Devils went all in, bringing some big name free agencies, and it kind of backfired on them. So I'm glad to see that they're uh, just trending upwards. Uh, they're uh, they're going bananas. Uh, Miles Wood called them out. They looked like they were going to trend downward, and they looked like a legitimate contender. I know Matthew Kachuk said that they're one of the hardest teams to play against on one of the podcasts I was listening to. So that's good for them. I'm good. Uh, Miles Wood called them out. He got a lot of shit for that, but you know what? It sparked a fire under them, and that's cool. Um, yeah, they. they they just—I don't know. They just—they're—they're they're playing. They're the hottest team in the NHL right now, and that's good. Speaking of the Devils, too, uh, I want to throw out there: uh, PK Subban got a new deal with ESPN, so he's going to be one of their analysts uh, on there too. Um, PK Subban, a great defenseman in Montreal, it just seems like he's the kind of player that had some locker room issues and only cared about his own image. So. As a player, I, I loved everything he did for the Children's Hospital in Montreal and how he played that superstar defenseman. Uh, it just seems like he lost that way and he was just more about himself. But I, I'm looking forward to seeing him on ESPN. Hopefully, Leah Hextall takes the seat. He gets more games called because Leah Hextall has been a trending lately of being one of the worst uh, analysts out there. But yeah, congratulations to P.K. Subban. And I think he'll have really uh, success being an analyst going forward. Yeah, that should be interesting to see him in that role. So I'm looking forward to that as well. See how he does. Um, might bring some, you know, liveliness and comedy uh, as well um, to different broadcasts and whatnot. The only other last little bit of news is that the uh, World Cup of Hockey isn't going to be uh, held next year, due to all the uh, the craziness going on in Russia. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but we're going to have to wait for that. And uh, uh, I, I guess I'll just wrap up with this last fan question. I know we've talked about this before, uh, but it's probably been a minute. Uh, we had Crystal Ann Donato asked, you know, tell us about your journey becoming Ducks and Pucks. So, and it's kind of a dual thing. Eddie's obviously part of this as well. And we'll kind of wrap up the show with this this little, you know, story about us, I guess. But uh, uh, I basically was a Penguins fan back in the day uh, in, in the 90s because I could not stand the Kings. Uh, I wouldn't root for them. So uh, when the Ducks came along, I was super excited. The The Rams played at Anaheim Stadium with the Angels, which obviously you all know I'm fans of both those teams. And the Ducks came along. And uh, my mom... Uh, God rest her soul, bought me a mini plan for the first season, which included the first game against Detroit, which obviously you all know the Ducks lost that game. And then we just kind of fell in love with that. And then uh, we had season tickets from there on out. So um, I don't know why I decided necessarily to do this whole thing. It kind of morphed in 2013 or 14. I started kind of doing shirts and, and selling stuff. And it was just kind of for fun. Um, wasn't to make any money. It was just, you know, just do it for fun. I had my, my, my real job, but, uh, started doing that. And then I started writing articles and it's kind of started going, going, going. And then, um, you know, got 
kind of, you know, the idea of doing a podcast. And, and then, uh, you know, it just kind of grew into all this different stuff. And during then, I, I don't remember all the specifics, but Eddie knows that I, I'm a big supporter of veterans. And uh, I, actually, I kind of remember it now is that uh, we had a thing where we were talking about people with foul towels and posting them. And Eddie posted one in his uniform. And I remember posting that. And then we just kind of started talking after that. And we became friends. And Eddie started covering stuff on social media and writing. And then later on did the podcast. So, um, you know, the the big thing is it started with my mom, really. Uh, back in the day, she decided to buy the tickets. And that was the thing that we always did. My dad, my mom, and I went. Uh, in the 90s and the early 2000s, uh, you know, for a long time until obviously I got older and, and work and college and all these other things. Uh, but then we had many plans for a while and, and, and now I've been back and I've had season tickets and, and my other half's a Ducks fan as well now. So I have her in the mix and, and whatnot. So that's how it really started. It was a, it was a family affair and uh, it's just something that I did for fun. And I, I love doing, and um, Eddie's a part of it, and we just have a blast. We go to games, and we drink our $18 beers, and we, we crash into walls, and uh, we have fun, you know, and, and uh, that that's what we do. This this is like, I don't know, it's just, it's just a fun hobby that we do. We enjoy doing it, and uh, we love all the support that everybody gives us, and, and, and you know, that when you come to the watch parties or you ask us questions for the show or you see us at the game like Eddie just talked about and and that's what it's all about and it's just fun connecting with fans even even if you're not a Ducks fan like we said you know Eddie his other team is Colorado my other team is, is Pittsburgh and uh it, it's it's good times um but uh, yeah that that's how it all started was my mom just buying tickets back in 1993 uh, when the Ducks uh, came to Anaheim and, and, you know, big fan of the local teams, the, the Ducks and um, uh, the Angels and Rams were all like right within, you know, a mile of each other, basically. And it was a great time. Um, so that's how it started. And then I'm just very thankful that uh, Eddie, I want to say maybe the first or second year um, you joined on and then you've expanded your role over time. Yeah, you know what? It was just like really cool meeting you. I remember uh, I was a fan of uh, I was a, I was a fan of Ducks and Pucks. Started following hockey, jumped on Twitter. I bought a few shirts off you, and we just started talking. I posted that picture. You asked if you could if you could post it on your page. You found out I was uh, in the army, and you wanted to just send me free shirts and take care of the cost of me buying it. But I told you like, yo, that's, that's fine. Just donate that money to like whatever veteran cause you can, and. We found out we had a lot more in common than we thought, and we just clicked from there. Um, I, I loved hockey, and I thought I wanted to to go in this profession, which I still do. But uh, cybersecurity came up, and there's a lot more money, so I'm, I'm doing that right now. But yeah, I remember I, I wanted to start a, a Ducks fan page too, and you, I, I asked you, and you were just all aboard it. You you helped me get it. You helped me. Um, you, you helped me with followers. You always retweet it. You had a teamwork mentality, and then when the Puck Network came, you had all the teams, and I asked you, hey, can I cover Denver Avs? You said yes. Um, my first article I wrote, I remember like I submitted to you. I was nervous because I'd never written a sports article, and it, it kind of hit off. It took off really well, and I, I did well with that page. And then when the opportunity came, uh, when you needed a co-host, I was nervous as hell when you asked me. 
but I, I said, yeah, like, like why not? And, and here we are now. I, I love doing this. I know, like, maybe sometimes I'm not the best at it. And, and I'm my own worst critic. And I love the compliments you guys give me. So thank you for that. But it, it just, it, everything just fell into place. And I love doing this. And, yeah, I, I had some uh, misfortune the last, uh, last, last few months. Uh, I went on a downward spiral just trying to find out what's going on with school and everything. But I got that fire back. And I love being part of this show. I love writing the articles. And I, I love being part of Ducks and Pucks. And I do, it just... I love being your best friend. Like, you're my brother, dude. Like, I just everything was meant to be. The whole universe has brought us to this moment. And this is how I got started on Ducks and Pucks. And I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm looking forward to each and every podcast. I still get excited. I get that fire back. I still get nervous for every podcast that I do. I just want to make sure that we're giving the best show possible for all you fans. And giving just just our personalities. It's just, It's fun. So that's how I got started, and I wouldn't look any other way. And I love doing this, and I'm glad that you chose me to be your co-host. And that's like a real honor. I'm really humbled that I'm actually still your co-host and still writing for Ducks and Pucks and being part of the team. I love it. Yeah, I mean, and I appreciate it. It's fun. I mean, I mean, we we have a lot of fun. We, we're always <laughs> yeah. always going to games and then texting during games and, and you know just joking around and. Falling in walls. Yeah, drinking $18 beers, you know. <laughs> we, we've definitely... Great question. That was a great question. Yeah, absolutely. We've had some some memorable moments and, and fun stuff. And uh, and we want to make it better. So if you guys uh, if you guys listen to the show, you have like suggestions, let us know. Send us a DM. Um, I mentioned the mic too. I do want to do a live show at Noble L. I think it would be cool just to, to go there, bring our equipment, and drink some beers and do a live show. Um, we'll work on the whole logistics of that and maybe invite some fans. Like you guys can have some fan questions on the show or something like that. Just, just throw us up there. Like we're, you know, ducks and pucks is the best ducks coverage that, that ever. I, I can say that like we, our numbers and, and what we do speaks volumes. So I'm looking forward to expanding it and, and just doing more creative things. So hopefully, um, when Mike and I find our, our, our timeline and we can have a schedule right, we can do a live show and we'll, we'll let you guys know when that's going to happen. You guys can come and drink some normal, normal price beers. And if you have a question, you can just ask it live on the show, put us on the spot and we'll answer it right then and there. Yeah, that'd be a blast. I got to talk to my buddy over there and, and see if we can work it out. But uh, yeah, uh, fun times, uh, good stuff. Um, you know, Action packed show this week, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Jeremiah Ford. He jumped on our Patreon slash Ducks and Pucks. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go on there. Um, you can win game tickets. We give away gear on there, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, early access to stuff as well. So check it out, patreon.com slash Ducks and Pucks. Also, thank you to guys on our YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Ducks and Pucks podcast. Over a thousand followers. Been fantastic. And uh, if you want to get any gear, check out our website at tpnhockey.com. So, uh, like I said, just appreciate all the support. Wrap up the show. Uh, we'll, we'll keep on cranking it and, and grinding. And uh, love you guys. Uh, so, uh, appreciate all the support. And uh, let's go, Ducks.